0: You are listening to the I'm in Love With That Song podcast, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. My name is Brad Page, and each episode of this podcast, I pick one of my favorite songs and we explore it together, hoping to discover what makes a great song great. We don't get into music theory here, so no musical knowledge is really required. All you got to do is listen and see what we uncover. On this episode, we're listening to a track that is, without a doubt, a stone-cold classic. This is Marvin Gaye, and I heard it through the grapevine. You- We'll be right back after this message. Marvin Gaye grew up in a housing project in Washington, D.C. His father was a preacher. He was also extremely abusive and beat Marvin a lot. Marvin started singing in church when he was about four years old. He spent a short stint in the Air Force, sang with a handful of doo-wop groups, eventually relocated to Chicago, then Detroit, where he met Barry Gordy and signed with Tomla Records, He was like an all-purpose utility player there. He sang, he wrote songs, he even played drums for Motown acts like Stevie Wonder. His first single, under his own name, Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide, was released in 1961. He had some big hits on the R&B charts, but never made it to number one on the Billboard Top 100 until I heard it through the grapevine in 1968. I Heard It Through the Grapevine had its own long and winding journey. It was written by Barrett Strong and Norman Whitfield in 1966. We've talked about Whitfield and Strong on this podcast before. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles were the first to take a crack at it in 1966, although their version didn't actually come out until 1968. Motown head honcho Barry Gordy didn't think this track was strong enough to be a single, so that's how it ended up getting set aside for two years. Marvin Gaye was actually the next person to record this song, but again, Barry Gordy rejected it, so the song was shelved yet again. But Norman Whitfield wouldn't give up on the song. He retooled it into a more up-tempo number with more of a traditional Motown feel and re-recorded this new version with Gladys Knight and the Pips. It was Gladys Knight's version that was finally released as a single in 1967. So interestingly, it was this third attempt to record the song that was actually the first version released. So Marvin Gaye has the song in the can and ready to go, but Barry Gordy sees Marvin as more of a romantic singer and just doesn't believe this song fits Marvin's image. The song eventually does turn up 18 months after he recorded it as an album track on Marvin's 1968 LP, in the groove. But some DJs discover the track and start playing it. A lot. And it catches on. And Barry Gordy relents and releases it as a single in October 1968. And it becomes Motown's biggest number one hit. I Heard It Through the Grapevine is pretty uncharacteristic for a Motown hit, especially at this time. Motown specialized in upbeat, energetic pop songs appeal to both black and white audiences. I Heard It Through the Grapevine is almost the opposite of that. It's dark and moody, full of tension and anguish that never resolve. With lyrics like, Do you plan to let me go? Not much longer would you be mine, and Just about to lose my mind. You can feel the singer is on the precipice, on the cusp of something bad that's about to happen. The whole song puts you on the edge of your seat, waiting for that other shoe to drop. And when the song's over, we're left hanging as to how the story ends. It's a masterwork of doubt, suspicion, and paranoia. Norman Whitfield produced the track, and one of his production tricks worked brilliantly on this song. He forced Marvin to sing the song in a higher register in a higher key than Marvin was used to, or even comfortable with. This meant that Marvin had to strain to hit those high notes. And that's what makes the tension and anxiety in Marvin's vocals feel so real. And we'll explore that as we dig into the song. Besides Marvin's vocals, the track features background vocals by Jackie Hicks, Marlene Barrow, and Louvain Demps, strings by the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, and the legendary Funk Brothers, Hymn and Organ by Earl Van Dyke, Wurlitzer Electric Piano by Johnny Smith, Richard Pistol Allen and Uriel Jones on drums, the great James Jamerson on bass, Jack Alford on percussion, we've talked about Jack on this podcast before, and Joe Messina on guitar. The song grabs you right from the very start. One whack on the drums then a slow vamp on the electric piano, followed by a simple beat on the bass drum and hi-hat. Hey, let's break down this introduction. One of the most famous introductions in history. First, here's the electric piano. Note the insistent pulse of that low note. It's already applying a nervous energy to the track. And just before the vocals come in, the keyboard part thickens up. There's a little bit of distortion on that electric piano, which gives it some grit. Also there's no bass guitar yet. The keyboard is handling all the low end so far. The drums are playing very simply. Next up is a very jittery tambourine, just adding to that nervous energy. Then the guitar comes in, here's what it's playing. And finally, right before the vocals start, the horns blast in. Now let's go back and listen to that whole thing all together. Now, once the first verse starts, the keyboards stop playing that low note. And that's where the bass guitar comes in. They could have decided to have the bass in there from the very beginning, but instead they chose to let the keyboards carry most of the weight in the intro. Then, when the bass guitar finally does come in, the keyboards back off to leave room for the bass, so nobody's stepping on each other's toes. That's just one of the things that make the Funk Brothers such masters at what they did, knowing when to leave space for each other. And of course, that's the legendary James Jamerson on bass guitar. Let's go back and pick it up from the first
1: verse.
0: Let's check out the string part during the verse. The strings are adding accents around the vocals. Again, they're leaving space for Marvin's voice. The strings were written and arranged by Paul Riser, another behind-the-scenes player who wrote so many great string parts for all those classic Motown hits. Mm-hmm. Once we reach the chorus, the strings fill in more. And let's focus in on the drums here. They're playing an essential part in creating the mood for this song. There's also some conga drums. Let's bring those back into the mix. And the guitar is simply playing accents on the second and fourth beats of each measure. That's where you'd normally find the snare drum. forget about those backing vocals that start on that first chorus let's go back and just listen to
1: those took me by surprise i must say when i found out yesterday heard it through the grapevine much longer would you
0: be my baby? Well, it's about time we focus on the main event. Let's listen to Marvin's vocal on the second verse all by itself. Remember how he's pushing himself to sing outside of his normal range here, and how that adds tension to his performance.
1: I know a man ain't supposed to cry. But these tears I can't hold inside. Losing you would end my life, you see. Cause you mean that much to me. You could have told me yourself that you love someone else.
0: I love his vocal part there. Let's go back and listen to that. Oh, I heard it through the grapevine
1: And I'm just about to lose my mind Here, but I can't have been confused. If it's true, please tell me. There, do you plan to let me go for the other guy you loved before? <laughs> Don't you know I had
0: Both the electric piano and bass guitar do some nice little work there. Let's back up and hear that again. Heard it through the grapevine, Marvin Gaye. This song would become the biggest hit single in Motown history at that point. Not bad for a song that Barry Gordy didn't even want to release. Now, you would think that Marvin would have seen this as vindication, but instead, it just made Marvin more unsatisfied. He was very dismissive of his success. He he felt like he was just a puppet for Motown. He even told a reporter once that he didn't deserve the success. His frequent singing partner, Tammy Terrell, was suffering from a brain tumor. She collapsed into his arms on stage in 1967, and that tumor would eventually take her life. Marvin sank into a deep depression and almost quit the music business. He was even seriously considering joining the Detroit Lions football team. Instead, he went back into the studio and recorded the What's Going On album. But that is a story for another episode. Thanks for joining me for the I'm in love with that song podcast. Along with the other shows here on the Pantheon Podcast Network, it means a lot to us to know that you're out there listening. You can keep up to date on this show by checking our Facebook page. Just search for the I'm in love with that song podcast or on Twitter at popstafftweets and check out the Pop with Ken Mills podcast. That's a great show, too. You can find all the previous episodes of this podcast on our website, lovethatsongpodcast.com, or just subscribe to the show in the podcast player of your choice. And while you're there, leave a review. I always appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, stay hopeful, and don't forget to support the artists you love by buying their music. They need you now more than ever. Thanks for joining us for this episode on I Heard It Through the Grapevine by Marvin Gaye. See you next time. One more thing before we wrap it up. If you enjoyed this show, we've got a whole bunch of other episodes that I think you should check out. We've done shows on Stevie Wonder's I Wish, Fire by the Ohio Players, and Shining Star by Earth, Wind & Fire. There are episodes on Al Green, Mary Clayton, and Aretha Franklin. We've done deep dives on War by Edwin Starr, and I Can't Get Next to You by The Temptations. There's plenty of shows on the classic bands like Rolling Stones, The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Queen, Pink Floyd. Plenty of shows for you to catch up on. So I hope you'll give some of these other shows a listen. And as always, thanks for being a part of the I'm In Love With That Song podcast.